It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors win a bit of an ugly one against a spunky but pretty bad Houston Rockets team. And OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet were the stars. We'll dig into their excellent performances. In addition, we'll talk about my dudes, Otto Porter Jr. and Thad Young making some noise. we got the good, the bad, and the hmm. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1279 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, November the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms, including my new Substack post touches, which you can go and check out. Subscribe to it's in my pinned tweet over at Woodley Sean. You can also find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the show for free on all your favorite podcast apps. And we are on YouTube, so please go hit the big red subscribe button and support the show that way. And I will love you forever all right on today's show which is of course your first listen of the day we are digging into the raptors 116 109 win over the houston rockets on wednesday night a game that i attended as a fan for the first time in six years i've been doing the media thing for the last little while and uh not credentialed this season and so on a whim went and bought some upper bowl tickets went to the game it was a great time it was really fun to just sort of sit amongst the freaks uh, and i mean that in the best possible way for the first time in a very very long time and i uh, got a pretty entertaining game out of it i don't know if i would say it was like a great effort from the raptors top to bottom necessarily there were certainly some moments of this game where things got a little hairy but the Rockets are going to do that, right? Like, they're they're bad, so they're not going to f- have any finish to these games, but they are fun- funky and weird, and they have some interesting, very talented players who can go off. Jalen Green, huge fan there. Another guy, Alperin Shengun, who I'm going to talk about later on. Pretty impressed with him as well. Uh, but the Raptors had enough to win this game, and they did so in large part because OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet were incredible they were exactly what the raptors need those two guys to be when pascal siakam is out of the lineup we'll talk about them in just a sec here off the top but we also are going to dive into Otto porter and thad young and the work they did which made me very very happy i felt like it was a personal gift to me to see them play so well in my first game attended as a fan in a very very long time and the good the bad and the hmm we're going to talk about scotty barnes we're going to talk about precious achua's injury and a few more things that we'll get to to round it out but Fred Van Vliet, OG, and Anobi. They were just total studs in this game. OG, 27 points, 10 boards, 1 assist, 3 steals, 10 of 20, 4 of 9 from 3. He hit 3 threes in the first, like, 2 minutes of the game. A great, great start for him. And he was just uh, everywhere 
throughout the night. Extremely forceful. Just a, he's a walking paint touch when he wants to be one. And he was, to me, the most dynamic and impressive player for the Raptors in this game. Fred Van Vliet, obviously no slouch either. 32, 3, 4, and 4 steals as well with a block. Uh, 12-26. 7-16 from deep. It was good to see him firing away. And overall, like these two guys... Look, if you're thinking about the long-term health of the Toronto Raptors, where is this team going? What is the ultimate vision going to be? I think we all kind of agree. You know, sensible people can disagree on some things, but I do think most people who watch the team think that eventually this team is going to be built around Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes as the two main figureheads. We already have seen Pascal ascend to, you know, borderline top five MVP conversation level, which is really bloody impressive, and hopefully he can continue that when he gets back. And then you got Scotty Barnes, who, you know, some fits and starts here early on in the season. We'll talk about him in the final segment. But, you know, I think everyone's kind of bullish on, okay, eventually Scotty Barnes is going to be probably the best player on this team, if not the second best player. And that is going to be sort of the the two-headed monster at the top of the pyramid. But beyond that, you have to build a functional roster with very good players and, you know, a third and fourth option on a team that potentially is going to have title ambitions within the next few years here. The third and fourth options are incredibly important. And I do think this season is a lot about trying to figure out, okay, are Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi those guys? And with the way they played last night, it leaves very little doubt that they can be excellent third and fourth options on a team with very high aspirations and it's you know the combination of the offense they bring obviously both are incredible shooters both can create their own looks when they need to Fred obviously more so than OG you know and then the defense is just like it's unbelievable what these guys do on defense our pal Jamar Hines our bi-weekly guest on Thursdays he'll be back again a week from today uh go and check him out on Twitter at Jamar BH he posted a uh, a, a video of all the different steals OG and Fred combined for in the third quarter of this game where the Raptors kind of I think snatched control look the Raptors weren't ever in like full control of this game but I you know I was there with my cousin we were just like looking at each other like they're never losing this game it, it never really felt like it was in doubt uh uh, and in a large part, it's because OG and Fred were so good. And that third quarter stretch was just unreal. The heaviness of their hands. You just put them on a scale. I, I, I don't even know. You're probably getting like an infinite reading if those two guys would have put their hands down on a scale. They're just, they're, they're grabbing balls just out of people's pockets. They're slapping balls away. Some of the steals Fred's had where, you know, it, it goes all the way back to the one on Jared Allen on opening night where he just kind of, climbed the ladder and stole it off the top of his head you know we're seeing those kinds of steals where he's just like okay this ball is mine now and he rips it free he's incredibly strong OG's the exact same way a couple of those steals for him in that third quarter were nuts and like the closest thing I can figure out here to like describe what those two guys and their hands are like it's this is going to be a reference for only specific people who have played the game Hades, which is a wonderful video game. If you haven't played it, go play it. But there's a weapon in that game called the Twin Fists of Malphon. And they're these just like metal fists, formerly of the Titans. And they're just like, that's what I get. That's the vibes I'm picking up from Fred and OG's hands when they are sort of up to their business on defense and the way those two guys complement one another right now the way OG's looking for his shots as well on the offensive end it's just really impressive and it should leave you feeling pretty good 
that these two guys can be the long-term fixtures next to Scotty and Pascal. And, you know, again, this whole season is about figuring out who stays, who goes, what are the pieces you need to add. And I don't think there's anything but praise and happiness to be had about OG and Fred being the third and fourth options on this team right now. That They're really, really, really good basketball players. You know, OG... The three-point shooting is one thing, but he really is just so great at plowing his way into the paint. There's very few guys who can even handle him. He had a couple dunks last night where the just the sea kind of parts because it's a business decision to not get in front of that dude because he's stronger than 98% of the players in the league. And he just he uses that strength to great effect. Are there some forays where at times he's going to keep the ball low, get a smack free, you not know, be able to finish, fall off balance, have a weird, you know, short jump shot or something like that? Yeah, those are going to come. But the fact that he is so good at getting into the paint and making things happen from in there, the passing vision he has sort of in those read and react situations is really awesome. The, you you more than are you're more than okay to take the lumps you're gonna get the odd turnovers and things like that in exchange for just the havoc he creates by plowing his way into the paint the way that he can, and then Fred I mean he's been incredible since he got back from injury he looks great the defense has been awesome you know he's all star Fred we know that Fred VanVleet's awesome. But to me, I don't even think we've seen the best of Fred just yet. The numbers are still kind of being weighed down from a bit of a wonky start. But, you know, even right now, he's shooting well below his career averages from inside, you know, three feet inside the two-point range. Uh, He's at like 39% on twos right now, which is not really where he's been in recent years. He's not obviously DeAndre Jordan in his prime when it comes to shooting twos, but over the course of the last little while, you know, he's been mid-40s-ish, last year 44% on twos, this year he's at 39, and it feels like that's his lowest number since his rookie season, that feels like it's going to bounce up a little bit. Same goes for at the rim, right now per basketball reference, he is at 47.1% inside three feet. Last year, he was 65%. That, I mean, that might be the outlier season for him. Um, you know, there have been marked improvements when it comes to his ability to, you know, create his own looks, brush defenders off, get little extra avenues of space in close, you know, that he wasn't always very good at. But 65 feels a little high. But even if he comes back to his career averages of, you know, around 40, 55%, like, like that's still a 7% point increase that you can expect as far as a positive regression to the mean here. That's really good, and I, I think it bodes well for what we're going to see. Obviously, his three-point shooting has been amazing. He's having his best three-point shooting season uh, in quite a long time. Uh, his best three-point shooting season ever, actually, as it stands right now, 42.1%. His previous career best, 41% in the bench mob season back in 2017-18. And you would figure that once Pascal Siakam comes back, too, those threes are only going to get easier for him. There's just so many off-ball opportunities for him when you have multiple ball handlers available to you, and he doesn't have the, the sort of agent see right now to be all that you know threatening of an off-ball guy because he's got to have the ball in his hands quite a bit that said a couple plays last night including a big three in the fourth quarter set up by scotty barnes you get fred running around off the ball around a couple screens and they just kind of open up so much space for him he's so good moving away from the ball that you're going to get those great catch and shoot looks and he's knocking them down incredibly well and and honestly the two-point shooting is really the thing that to, to watch and last night we saw there is a bag there. He doesn't have a number one scoring options bag necessarily, but we saw the floaters were, were, were working last night, the mid-range pull-ups, and in particular, he had one bucket that was just so Kyle Lowry-esque, where he drove in, I think, on the left side uh, and sort of just stopped on a dime, brushed the defender off just enough to just lay it up and in. How many times do we see Kyle Lowry do that exact thing, just using the sort of stop-and-start ability 
to make defenders off balance and give themselves those little extra seconds of space in order to be able to get shots off. And, and we saw that from Fred. Look, he's not Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's incredible, best Raptor of all time, all that. But he, he looks really good. And as far as sort of the hierarchy of the team going forward, you have to feel pretty good about OG and Fred, the way they've kind of obviously stepped up to the plate without Pascal has been really great to see. And they, you know, they're just so malleable in terms of where they can fit in. Obviously, it's still going to be a struggle without Pascal. You know, they were not without their issues last night. The offense can kind of go dry at points, um, and they're not going to play the Rockets' defense every night. But those two guys really kind of making some hay right now when they need them to, when Scotty Barnes is maybe leaving a little bit sort of banged up, not playing his best. Those two guys have been awesome. And they were the, the key takeaway from last night's game. They don't not win that, those, that game last night, not even remotely, without both of those guys being as good as they were, which was a delight to see. Speaking of two guys who are awesome, Thad Young, Otto Porter Jr., we're going to talk about them coming up in just a second because I love them. I cannot get enough of that weird old man duo. We're going to talk about that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. They are the place to go if you're looking for a new hire for your company. And these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates that are available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's super easy. You just put together your job posting, then add, the, your, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and Hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality candidates and hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedInMBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedInMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day, digging into the Raptors' win over the Rockets to move to 7-5 and five in this in the beginning of what should hopefully be a bit of a cream puff schedule where the Raptors can go and win some games. That said, the Thunder are extremely frisky. They play them over the weekend. They got the Pacers on Saturday as well. Tyrese Halberton's playing his bag off, and so it's not going to be easy, but... You know, I think they should have enough here, especially if OG and, and Fred are going to play at this level to, to sort of weather these games. And any win you can pick up while Pascal Siakam is out is going to be hugely beneficial down the line. Bank them now while you can. So the two guys I want to dig into now. Thad Young, Otto Porter Jr., just a delight. I love these two guys so much. I was a huge Thad guy last year. I love guys who throw cool passes. That's kind of my whole thing. Uh, you know, Thad is really just like, uh, I think I saw someone post last night. I can't remember who it was, uh, but it was a great tweet, and I apologize for not being able to attribute it. It could have been from a fake person on Twitter because Twitter is hell now, but uh, it's something along the lines of Marcus Gasol. Thad Young is the new Marcus Gasol, and honestly... 
It's not that crazy. Is he the crazy seven foot one rim protector that Marcus Gasol is? No. Uh, and we saw some of the limitations of those small ball looks last night in crunch time as Alperin Shengun was kind of getting to the rim and doing his thing. And, you know, just a lack of rim protection there. But Fad Young in the small ball center role that we saw him play last night when Christian Coloco was dealing, of course, with foul trouble and just like an uneven performance overall, um, when obviously Ken Birch wasn't available, they needed someone to fill in those minutes at center, and Thad Young did it wonderfully. The, 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 the zero points, eight rebounds, two assists line is just totally beautiful to me. Uh, and then Otto Porter Jr., I, I mean, this was easily his best game as a Raptor, easily the game in which all of the different things that Otto Porter Jr. provides were on display. Uh, 14 points for him, of course, six boards, five of eight, two of five from downtown, including those two massive threes in crunch time to all but seal it for the Raptors. I think they put it, they put him up 106.99, and that was kind of it from there. Uh, and I just... Love to see those two guys playing together because they are both very amplifying in terms of what their skill sets do. Otto is obviously going to give you extra space. It's going to create driving lanes. He's a very good rebounder as well. Um, he's obviously going to fit nicely into the defensive scheme. And he, you know, is talking about heavy hands. Like he's right in the Fred and OG club as far as having like the heaviest hands on the team. The dude can poke balls free, harass ball handlers, all that stuff. It's great. Um, and the way Thad plays, again, it's just like he is such a good passer. He's a very good just sort of fundamentals guy. We've talked a lot about how like Precious Achua, the thing that's going to take him to the next level is if he can learn how to do big man things, the dirty stuff that big men do. And Thad Young is so good at all of that. And it's not shocking to me that you put him into the role in which he had his best ever season a few years back with the Bulls, where he was, you know, just incredible as a small ball five for most of his minutes. You put him in that role with good players around him, with shooting around him, it's going to work. Like the the lineup of Porter, uh, Thad, and then obviously Scotty. Boucher, sorry, not Boucher, Scotty, Fred, and Ananobi, like, that's a group to me, we should be seeing a lot of that group, they only played seven minutes, they were like a, a plus three or something like that in their time um, in the game against the Rockets, but like, th there is something there with those guys, and just the way everything complements one another, the way Porter can be the beneficiary when guys see extra defensive attention, and he's the guy you're swinging it to, that's a problem, because he's an excellent three-point shooter, he can do a little bit off the bounce as well, as we saw last night, he's a great cutter, as we saw last night in crunch time too, with a beautiful cut that ended up in a bucket, um, he, he just, these two guys are, look, the Raptors, obviously, are trying to play young guys, Delano Banton, Precious Achua, like, they're trying to get these guys minutes, Christian Coloco, but when it comes down to it, you want guys who have been there, who are seasoned, who kind of know the ins and outs of, you know, long-term, high-level basketball, and it's really, really nice to have those guys as an insurance policy if the younger guys are underperforming. Obviously, you're going to want to try to prioritize the development of Precious and Banton and Coloco, obviously, but to have that backstop, which is just not a thing they had before, right? Last year, they didn't have this sort of stable of veteran guys to come in and fill in the gaps when when you just need an adult in the room. They have that now, and it gives them more optionality when it comes to late-game lineups. It's just really, really great to see. And I'm going to be keep keeping track of this number all season long because I kind of feel like it's going to be a number that uh, is only going to stay good, <laughs> frankly. 26 minutes together so far for the Thad auto pairing. 124.1 uh, offensive rating, 112 point one defensive plus 12 overall net rating again 26 minutes saw small samples blah 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 blah. but i'm going to keep track of that number all year because that is i think a pretty telltale sign and for a team that is constantly looking for ways to piece together in between lineups they're always going to be pretty starter heavy 
Except for last night when they were running out like Trent with four bench dudes and it was really weird. Sometimes successful. It was a bizarre game. But when you have the you know, you the constant sort of, you know, flow of two or three starters on the floor, having those two guys who just slot in and fill in the gaps. I mean, if we're talking about playoff rotations, for example, and you're withering things down to seven or eight, those two guys are there. They're obviously playoff players. They are guys who are going to amplify and make things easier for everybody else on the floor. And it's just, it's really comforting to know that those guys are there. Chris Boucher is there. Obviously, Chris, you know, Christian Coloco, Ken Birch for the center purposes, or if they go trade for a center to bolster that, you know, that will be a, a guy that they work in for certain matchups too. But like Porter and Thad, like they're for real, man. And it's just nice to have adults who know exactly how things work, who've run thousands and thousands of possessions over the course of their careers, who can fit into the defensive scheme as well. It's it's tough to find minutes for all these guys because they're all like-sized and like-positioned and all of that. But I think Porter and Thad, their individual skills kind of stand out against the backdrop of the other bench guys. Obviously, the other guys have skills that stand out too. Boucher is a wonderful transition player, great rebounder, all that, incredible defender. Same with Precious Achua, an outstanding defensive player. But just the refinement and the sort of well-roundedness of Porter and Thad, really, really, uh, it should comfort a lot of people to know that if the young guys are struggling or if they have an injury to someone like Precious Achua on the bench, those two guys are going to be there to just, again, be the adults in the room, be the guys who have seen everything and know exactly how to react. And they were they were awesome last night. I understand taking Porter out late in the game for Trent just because Trent's got the sort of threat of scoring at all times, and that's very useful. It's been super useful for them in crunch time in the past. But, um, you know, I would have been totally fine rolling with that, you know, Barnes, Fred, OG, Porter, Thad lineup to close the game as well. They're, they're, they're just they're really, really fun, man. I there's something about old guys who just kind of know the ways of the of the world, and I'm always going to be partial to that for sure. And it, again, it just gives them more closing options. It gives them more optionality and viability. It's it's really really cool that they've kind of found a way to craft a a bench that kind of toes the line between development and seasoned players. And uh, again, that backstop, that that insurance policy of knowing that even if your your Achuas and your Boucher's and Bantons are going to struggle and your Colocos are going to struggle. Those two guys, you can probably count on for at least being pretty reliable. Maybe you're not going to get a ton of scoring out of Thad Young. But again, doesn't have to do that, baby. It's all good. Um, we're going to continue on, and I'll uh, stop waxing poetic about how much I love those two players. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not going to. This is going to be a through line throughout the season, I'm sure, until I'm proven wrong and they start hemorrhaging minutes. But that's not happening yet. Uh, we're going to come back and just sec dig into the good, the bad, and the hmm from the game against the Houston Rockets to round things out here. Before we do that, however, just a reminder that you can go and listen to Locked On Sports today. Wherever you get your podcasts, it is our daily Locked On recap of the night. Great opinion, great analysis from our local experts. Pete Bukowski does a great job hosting it. Go check out Locked On Sports today, every day, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. The good, the bad, and the hmm. Our roundout segment that we do after every Raptors game where we go through a thing that I liked, a thing I didn't like, and a thing that's got me a little bit intrigued. So let's start 
with the good. And look, this was a weird Scotty Barnes game, I thought. You know, 13 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, which is like seemingly his floor at this point, which is pretty impressive. Um, I thought he was good. And I, 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 I think... You know, the, the fact that he didn't finish quite as much, he had a couple of sort of hesitations on threes that would have been nice to see him just kind of throw it up. Um, you know, he still looks like he's kind of going through it with the ankle and stuff. And I thought his defense was not particularly great in this one. He was kind of getting cooked by Jalen Green, which, look, who among us wouldn't get cooked by Jalen Green? He's pretty awesome. But um, when it comes to the thing I liked about this game from Scotty, my good was his aggressiveness in just kind of taking it to dudes in the post. This was a routine thing that we saw from Scotty against the Rockets where, you know, he'd be, you know, he'd have Jalen Green or he'd have KJ Martin or he'd have, uh, you know, Jabari Smith or whomever guarding him. And he just felt like he had a matchup advantage against all of them. And he would go and work in the post and get good position. His first possession of the night, a really, really great post move. And it looked like he was going to drop it in. And he, he finishes that shot all the time and it popped out. There were three or four of those where like it was really, really good process of getting to the bucket and just you know because the bodies converged or he just was a little off balance or whatever couldn't quite get it to go but loved the process there and like that's what scotty barnes needs to do i'd prefer a little bit more just sort of like heads up straight line driving but against a team that was pretty small in the rockets i didn't hate the idea of him going and sort of backing dudes down and working from the post that way again five assists like he, he still is always going to have that playmaking element to him especially with pascal out where there's going to be more responsibility for him um and you know the defense last couple games has been a little bit concerning you have to wonder if the ankle is kind of hurting his lateral movement there and whatnot but overall my good for this game was his offensive process in that he was just like stronger than you dude uh nothing you can do about it i'm gonna back down i'm gonna post up um, you know, we had the big putback dunk later on in the game as well. Um, you know, it wasn't like he was the star of this game. That was certainly OG and Fred, and there were certainly issues to, to work out. You hope that the ankle gets some time here. You know, they have these games here, and then I think they have like four days off. They play like two games in six or seven days after this next little stretch uh, while they wait for Pascal to come back. And so hopefully at some point here, there's some baked-in rest into the schedule to get Scotty back up to sh- tip-top shape. But in the meantime, really impressive, uh, or not, not necessarily impressive, but just to encouraged to see that he was backing dudes down and and sort of using the fact that he's stronger and taller than everybody around him and just like more forceful at getting to his spots to his advantage. It was nice to see. Let's go to the bad. The bad's the pressure to chew injury, man. It sucks. Uh, He went up, he had like this weird bizarro play, comes down and leaves with uh, the sprained ankle. Well, I'm sure we'll get more imaging today, but like it did not look good. He was carried off. When you're getting carried off the floor by Jamal McGlore, Something's not great, and he was getting carried back to the uh, the locker room with Jamal McClure, basically just propping him up like a large uncle. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it was it, it was tough to see, right? Like it, it, it's you know you don't want to see that. Fresh has been struggling, obviously. I think he had a pretty good game last night, all things told. Not shooting wise, and the offensive work here, I think, is kind of the thing that's maybe causing a little bit of doubt with Precious Achua so far this season. He's been a little bit uneven there. The three-point shot is just not falling right now. And, you know, as much as he's an incredible defensive player, Nick Nurse talked before the game, and this was sort of a a point of contention for some folks. He talked about, hey, Precious got to play better. And look, the defense is there for sure. There's no doubt. The offensive decision-making, the offensive just like the lack of threat that he seems to be, you know, offering, and the lack of sort of 
ingenuity he brings right now where most of the time he's driving you just kind of know he's going to try to shoot and it's not ending in anything other than a precious a chew a shot that stuff's been you know not ideal and i think that's probably the reason why he's not playing here um you know and i have no problem with a little tough love with a guy you're trying to bring along and develop when you have other good players like thad young and Otto porter you can kind of slot in to fill his minutes um but it sucks to see him go down and it does hurt especially with pascal out that's two of your better defenders two of the better guys as sort of like the back line last line of defense if you're not going to have christian coloco out there if he's going to be having a tough game where he picks up five fouls in 14 minutes um that's going to be a problem especially while ken birch is also unavailable like they're kind of running out of big dudes right now so maybe we're gonna have to see like a whole lot of thad young at center until precious gets back and pascal gets back here but um yeah like it's just it's it's tough to it amplifies things right to have guys go out when you also have your best player out every you know even just like the couple of drives a night precious can offer the rebounding he provides obviously the raptors you know have had a couple of tough rebounding games recently the monday game in particular where they just kind of gave up a a slew of offensive boards to the bulls um although i think the rockets got quite a bit last yeah 16 offensive boards for the rockets too so we're seeing the impacts no pascal siakam that's just going to only amplify things like the gang rebounding is going to have to be incredible thad and auto i think are going to have to take on bigger roles when it comes to the rebounding they can do it Otto's a very good rebounder for his position, one of the best in the NBA, but it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a gang rebounding effort here, and without Precious, that's, I think, maybe the biggest area. The defense, too, for sure. The defense has looked a little bit wobbly. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of last night was just, like, really great shot-making in spots by the Rockets, and credit to them, and a lot of the best Raptors possessions defensively felt like they ended with a bucket at the 23-second mark of the shot clock, um, which is disappointing, but... Yeah, it's it's not ideal to lose Precious, and he looked like he was in quite a bit of pain, so all the best to him. Hopefully he's good. There might be an update on him by the time this posts, so apologies if I'm a little bit outdated, but um, it's obviously the bad from this game. All the best to Precious, and hopefully he can get back on the floor soon. My hmm for this game is uh, is going to be a Rockets-related thing. I I love Alperin Shengun. Uh, I think I'm in love with him as a player, <laughs> and I... Uh, I, I, he might be the most exciting prospect they have. I don't know. Like, is that crazy to say? I know Jalen Green's amazing. He was thrilling to watch last night in certain moments. But, like, Shengun with the, you know, the, the, the post work he does, like, he's very strong. He kind of made Christian Coloco look like a little boy. Uh, <laughs> like, more than one instance. There was, of course, the fifth foul for Coloco where he tried to ride Shengun like he was, like, his trusty steed. Obviously, that's not ideal. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, I just thought Shengun was really, really tight in this game. The, the passing, he only had one assist, but there were plenty of sick passes that he either attempted or didn't convert on or that the, you know, the shot didn't go down from the guy he was throwing it to. But I'm a big fan. And uh, I, uh, you know, I feel like he's going to be a problem in the NBA for a very long time. He's, he's, he's tight. And the three, three blocks, too. Like, he was pretty stout defensively, really strong, hard to handle in the post-ups. Like, he figures to be, I think... Sometime down the line, maybe not right now, but I do think down the line we're going to look at Shengun as, you know, one of those guys, and it's not like it's going to matter that much because it's, you know, interconference, but, um, you know, one of those guys who you kind of need a big to go up against, right? Like, he, he just feels like he's going to be, he's not going to be Jokic or Embiid in terms of overall ability necessarily, but, like, as far as just being a load to handle, and hey, maybe he will be those guys, I don't know, but... Um, you know, as far as being a load to handle, like you're going to have to have some big bodies to throw at that dude because he's super strong, super deft. You send two guys his way, he's going to, you know, pick you apart with passing. And uh, man, love, love Alper and Shangun. The, the Rockets are bad, but they got something cooking there. Jalen Green's awesome too. So 
good for them. They were fun to watch. I was happy I got to see them in person. Uh, and, and the note on Coloco, too. Rough game for him, obviously. Five personal fouls. Couldn't really hang with Shengun. Got back down into oblivion a, a few times. And it's been a couple rough games for him in a row. But, like, this is part of the deal, right? Like, if you're not going to send a guy to the G League in his rookie season, you have to expect that there are going to be some growing pains in real time in the NBA. I'm not terribly concerned, necessarily, about the sort of viability of Coloco as a long-term piece with the team this season. Obviously, long-term, he's going to be awesome. But, like, this season, I feel like he's still going to, you know, be a regular part of the rotation here. Uh, but it does, obviously, bring to to sort of mind the the thing we pitched on yesterday's show, which is, you know, maybe Jakob Pertl or some other rim protector out there. Maybe you go and target a guy just for the back part of this season to sort of give you a little insurance if Coloco hits a rookie wall or is, you know, inconsistent or he's going to have nights where he's just as a rookie that's just kind of part of the deal you don't want to heap too much onto a guy and have him be your like last salvation when it comes to the center position as a rookie it's that's pretty heavy stuff and so um you know last night i think was kind of a bit of an argument for you know perusing this the market for a rim protector just to bring in for as like a rental situation this season but uh we can revisit that another time we don't get too much into trade stuff right now because it's uh november the 10th um with that we're gonna round out the show thank you so much for tuning in as always we'll be back again tomorrow with tony east of locked on pacers we're gonna dig into the pacers raptors matchup on saturday and uh just you know chat with tony i love tony he's he's like the very very best and uh so we'll uh we'll have that tomorrow thank you so much make your second listen of the day on Leafs as the Maple Leafs continue to be pretty good actually right now. They're playing good hockey against good teams, which is very cool. And uh, Mike DiStefano, Dave Morissuti do a great job of breaking it all down for you. So go and check out Locked on Leafs wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And with that, we'll round it there. We'll talk to you again Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.